to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, we began last week talking about true love, that the gift, that, that, that the greatest gift that we could give is love. And we took a look at we took a look at 1 Corinthians 13, chapters 4 through 8, and we began to look at what true love is. This morning, I want to go a little bit further, and I want you to follow me in 1 John chapter 4, and you can go to verse 7, and when you get there, say, I got it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I'm going to read that whole thing again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is Love. This scripture is so powerful. Last week we took a look at true love from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And we looked at what true love is and the attributes of love. But this morning, through this scripture, what we have just discovered is that God is love. A lot of people think that God possesses a lot of love. That, you know, God just is a really loving guy. No, that's not what the scripture says at all. The scripture tells us that God is love. And that word is, that very word is, is telling us that the essence of who God is, is love. Jesus breaks this down and he talks a little bit more about the devil. Jesus says that Satan is a liar and the father of it. He didn't say that Satan tells lies. He said Satan is a liar and the father of it. Same type of thing here. There is no truth in the devil, in Satan. There's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks from a lie he has made up from, his, from himself. There's no love and there's no truth in the devil. He is evil. God is love. The essence of who he is is love. And the essence of who Satan is is hate. It's the polar opposite of God. And this is so important because if we talk about the greatest gift being love, then what we have just discovered is that God is the greatest gift, which is why this season is so amazing and so important. You know, Miss Jennifer, she didn't know what I was going to share this morning. She came up here talking about God loving the cheerful giver. And it's so beautiful. And we talk about, we just read, the essence of who God is is love. I want you to know that what motivates God to give is his love. The fact that he is love motivates him to give. What motivates us to give? Let's just talk about it. We're not as holy as God. We're not as good as God. We have other motivating factors in our lives that motivate us to give, don't we? Let's just talk about a few of them. What motivates us to give? Miss Jennifer talked about giving to the needy, giving to the poor. What, what motivates us to give just in general, giving to a friend? What, what motivates us usually? What's that? Getting something in return. That we're here to be honest this morning. Yeah. We, one of the things, would you agree that one of the things that motivates us sometimes is if I give them a gift, then when my birthday comes, they'll give me a gift. Anyone? You're liars. You're all a bunch of liars. <laughs> what, what are some other things that motivate our giving? What else motivates us to give? Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Good, good. You're on to something there. Explain. Yes, it makes you feel good, right? 
Sometimes we give to feel good, right? If we see that poor person, we give to feel good. If we, if we make one of these gifts and we give it to an elderly person this weekend, we're doing it and we're feeling good. You're absolutely right. Keep going. What are some other reasons that we give, other motivating factors why we give? Isaiah? Yes, obligation. Well, I guess I have to. You know, it's only a dollar. It's only $3. I might as well. Obligation. There's one more that I really see. Love, that's the right one, yep. <laughs> There's one more that we humans tend to use uh, in terms of being motivated to give that I see, and there's probably a lot more than that. Come on, what do you think? What else? We, you mentioned feeling good. Uh, you mentioned uh, feeling obligation. There's a couple more. Okay. Pride? Explain. Being a better person from giving. What else? Okay. Because I, choice. Ah. Okay, because you can. That's a very good reason. Ooh, going right along with pride. So you might, ooh, Jesus talks about that. <laughs> Jesus talks about that. He said, Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you give, don't do it publicly in front of everybody so that everyone can see. He said, do it secretly. And God, when he sees you in secret, will reward you openly. That's very good. Okay, let me just throw this out there. How about feeling guilty? Don't we give sometimes because we feel guilty? Wasn't that the obvious one? No. You guys are a sad, sad generation. <laughs> You're a sad group of people. How do you not feel guilty? You guys don't give because you feel guilty sometimes? What, is, what are you learning at home? I don't understand. Feel guilty when you see a need? When you see a need, you don't feel bad or feel guilty? Oh, not just giving Christmas gifts. No, not just giving, but just giving in general. You were confused. Okay, yeah. No, I'm just talking about giving in general. I, I think that sometimes we, we might feel obligated, yeah, especially when it comes to Christmas or a birthday. We might feel obligated. When we see the poor, we might feel like, okay, well, that's a need, and I know I should give, and so we do that. And I wanted to kind of talk about that this morning because what I want you to see is that what motivates God is not guilt. God didn't feel bad that he created man, and man messed up, so he sent Jesus. God is love, that scripture tells us. The reason that God gave us his son Jesus is because he loves us. He made us in the beginning pure, holy, righteous, just like him because he loves us. God didn't make man because he needed someone to play with. Okay? God, the essence of who he is, is love. And because he's a lover, he, could, he, he, he was bubbling over and he created us out of love. Man messed up. And God sent Jesus, not because he felt guilty or obligated or felt bad, because he loved us. See, everything that God does is motivated out of love. And when Jesus comes and makes his home in your heart, that's the type of heart that we ought to have. That's the motivation that we should have. We should have the heart of God, which is love. God loves us so much that Jesus promised that he will return to us. He made us because he loves us. He came to us in our sin because he loves us. And he'll return for us because he loves us. And when we get saved and Christ comes to live on the inside, that love changes our heart. Now, I know I do this sometimes, and you have to bear with me because I have young kids. But uh, my daughter and I were watching VeggieTales. And we were watching a VeggieTale, and it was the story of St. Nicholas. And it was awesome. 
I don't know if you've ever seen this one before. And there's this, there's this scene where Nicholas grows up as a young boy in Greece, and he, he really, his parents die, and he, uh, he doesn't know what the purpose of life is anymore. And so he goes on this long journey, and on this journey, he arrives in Bethlehem. This is, this is years, hundreds and thousands of years, well, probably hundreds of years after Jesus. And St. Nicholas, before he was ever a saint, he goes and he arrives at Bethlehem, and he sees this nun, and she's handing out gifts to the poor. She's handing out bread, and she said, God loves you. Go in peace. And he asks her a question. He says, do you give so that you can feel happy, so that you can feel satisfied? And her response is so amazing, so amazing, in fact, that I had to bring the clip with me today. Can you handle watching two minutes of VeggieTales? Yes. Are you sure? Okay, go ahead and roll the clip. Wait, let me, wait there's two parts here. There's the part where she says the most amazing thing in the world, but as always, she kind of bursts into song. Is that okay if we hang around for the song? Some of you are half and half on that. All right, let's do it. Let's just watch this clip. Video not found. Okay. doesn't make me feel any happier. Wonder if anything will make me feel happy again. Huh? Where's he going, Bob? Let's see. This is a church built on the exact spot in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Nativity Chapel? Wow! I wonder if the shepherds stood right here. Larry. I can practically see the wise men. God loves you. Go in peace. God loves you. Go in peace. Excuse me, man. What are you doing? I'm feeding the poor. What are you doing? I'm, um, just standing here. God loves you. Go in peace. Do you do that to feel happy? Oh no, I do it because I am happy. My love is a gift to them. Because God's love was a gift to me. Well, what do you mean? I can love because God loves me. I can give because God gave. Jesus' love is why I'm smiling. Sister Claire explained to Nick how at Christmas is the time when Jesus came near to us so that he could show everyone how much he loved them. So that's why I give to the poor, Nicholas. I'm so happy about the gift God gave me. And that's why my parents gave, too. 
Nicholas realized he wasn't alone, and he didn't feel like an orphan anymore. He believed that God sent Jesus for him because God loved him so much, and he wanted to share that love by helping others in need. Suddenly, Nicholas knew what he needed to do. It was time to go home. God loves you. Go in peace. Okay, I'm ready too. Check out the Sea of Galilee muffin pan. You don't bake. Yet. I don't bake. Yet. Those veggie tails. Like I said, you have to bear with me. I have a three and a one-year-old. So, But you know what's interesting is that I'm sitting there just on a Saturday morning. You know, mom's getting ready and Noah's somewhere else. I think he's napping. And I'm just like, all right, Lily, let's just put on this story of St. Nicholas. And I learned something. And that, that hit me. When she, I mean, it's a little, little character, a cartoon character. And what she said was, I give because I am happy. I think that as Christians, we need to really realize what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. You know, I just wanted to share this, this, this thought with you. It is totally sacrilege. It is just against the idea of religion to believe. If you look at any other religion out there, the idea that a God or the God would come out of his throne in heaven to make himself like a human, when you talk to other people and other religions out there, that's one of the reasons they can't believe in Christianity because they think it's bogus. There's no way that a God would do that. And see, that is what's so mind-blowing about what Christ did. He's the deity. He is the God that came down to this earth and gave himself as a ransom for many. And when we really get a hold of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, there's a joy. There's a joy that comes. And when that joy comes, we can't help but give. We can't help but do for others because we know, we realize what God has done for us. I want you to look with me. Um, turn in the same book. Turn back just a page. And go to uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. We're in 1 John. We're going to look at chapter 3, verse 16. If you're there, say, I got it. By this we know love, because he, who is that? Jesus, has laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, the world is looking for true love, and the Bible tells us right here how we know what true love is. This is how we know love. We know love because Jesus came and laid down his life for us. When we really get a hold of what that means, there's a joy that comes alive on the inside. How many of you have been Christians for a couple years now? Been Christians for a couple years, or or you? How many of you can remember when you got saved? Who remembers when they got saved? Do you remember a special joy that kind kind of came up on the inside of you? Do you remember feeling like happy and bubbly, like the whole world didn't matter anymore? You were floating on cloud nine. Does anyone remember that? No. Some of you were just kind of born into the church. You just kind of you know born into Christianity. But there are people. There are people who, when they really receive, I, I remember being 18 years old, and I was saved at 8, but when I rededicated at 18, I remember this joy that came because I realized what I was cleansed from, what I was forgiven from, and what is true love? True love is that Jesus laid down his life for us. 
What does that mean? I want to take you back to the book of Romans one more time. I shared this scripture with you last week, and you have to see it again. What does true love mean? Romans chapter 5, verse 8. When we really experience the joy of God and what he has done for us through Jesus, giving comes naturally. It doesn't come out of obligation. It doesn't come to satisfy ourselves and feel good. It comes naturally. We can't help but give to others because we realize what's been given to us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Actually, let's go up to verse 6. I don't know if we read this part last week. For when we were still without strength, everyone say without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let that hit you in the, in the face for a second. Christ died for the ungodly. Did Jesus come to die for all the good people in the world? No and yes. He did. He died for everybody. But he came to die for the ungodly. Jesus didn't come so that all the righteous people could be saved. He came so that the ungodly, that's you and me, might be saved. Keep reading in verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. You know what, you know what Paul is saying here? Paul's talking about that secret service agent that would give his life for the president, that would lay down his life for the president because the president is a good man and he holds the office. That's what Paul's talking about, that somebody would give his life for a good man. Jesus didn't give his life for a good man. He gave his life for the poor and the wretched, the ugly, the ungodly, and the disgusting. And that's what it says right here. But God has demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, that is just amazing. And that, really, this Christmas, that's what needs to sink in our hearts. That while we were without strength, while we were separated from him, he came and gave his life for us. And you know what? That is what's going to change the world. The love of God and his goodness is what's going to change the world. Because when people see the joy that we have, let me just talk to you real quick. Why does your friend want to come? Why would your friend want to come to church and learn about Jesus when you're the grumpy person in the world. What has Jesus really done for you? I'm not saying you are, but think about that. If you don't really have that joy on the inside, why is anyone going to want to come to know Jesus? If you're, not, if you're not living this life that's different from the rest of the world, why would anyone want to come and know Jesus? Sometimes we have to do a heart check and say, Lord, why, why is it that I may not experience that joy? Why is it that I don't feel that? You know, God can just come and move on our heart right now and just transform that and just change us right where we are. But there should be something different about us. In the darkest times of our life, we should have joy. In the craziest times in our life, we should have peace. And that's what will draw the unbeliever when they see the love of God and the joy and the peace that we have. Christ died for us while we were still sinners and while we were separated from God. Sometimes for a good man, somebody would be willing to die. But Christ chose not to die for the good, but for the ungodly. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So I say all that just to share this thought with you because I believe that God wants to revolutionize our heart. He wants to change the way that we think. He wants to change the way that we feel when we walk by that kid in the hallway at school who's getting bullied and picked on. The one that we walk by every day and just think, eh, you know what, he'll learn to fend for himself or she'll learn, you know, make him stronger. Or when we walk by that person or, for, you know, that person doesn't have a lunch, but you don't really want to take the time to pay for their lunch. They're a mean person. 
or when we see that poor person on the street, or when we see that there's an opportunity to give. See, God is looking for us not to withhold. He doesn't want us to withhold. He wants us to give freely because he gave freely. That's what God is looking for, a generation of people who will love as he has loved. I want to be a part of that generation. Do you? Do you want to be a part of that generation that will love as he loved? God wants to use us, and he wants to use us in this hour. Would you stand to your feet, please? Put your Bibles down. Stand to your feet.